Hello, thanks for stopping by Liberty Sessions, where we unpack one woman's entrepreneurial journey to help another woman launch her own. I'm your host, Netta Jones. Please join me as we start liberating dreams one episode at a time. Hey, Liberty listeners, welcome to part two of our conversation with Diane Dolphy Offit of Soda Pop PR. Diane, welcome back. It's so great to be back. Hello. Um, hello. <laughs> so I um, wanted to pick up in this part two to kind of pick your brain a little bit and get sort of your advice um, and maybe even just some insight on how you wind down the year um, we're coming to a close of the end of 2018. What are some practices that you incorporate into your business that helps you to kind of look back at the year? And then what are some things that you do to gear up and plan for 2019? So tell us what you do as a small business to close out the year that we just had and wind up for the new year ahead. Yeah. Well, you know, on a process side, we like to take a look at kind of what worked and what didn't. So, you know, we have it on one on the soda pop side of things, you know, what are those things that we need to either bring on? Do we need more talent? Um, is there a process that's just really uh, clogging, <laughs> clogging the system that we need to fix? And we're actually, you know, actively involved in, in fixing a lot of things now to do better work for 2019. Um, and then just on a personal side, I think it's a really good opportunity. I, I make sure that we celebrate the the holidays together, have a really great meal together, you know, talk about, you know, some of our favorite moments of the last year and, you know, what are those things that we want to accomplish in 2019? So whether that's personal or professional, um, we take time to do that. And I think that it's vital to, you know, at the end of the year, we're all spent. Uh, so that is some advice, like don't try to bite off too much, mm -hmm. uh, look at what you can actually do. So even if that is like, we want to have a better system of, you know, finding a way to show our clients metrics. I mean, I'm just throwing that just very general, yeah. you know, yeah. how can we clean that up? Right. Um, so that's the one thing that we, I, I'm a big believer in pick one or two things and do them really, really well. Then instead of trying to do 20 things and nothing gets done. Um, and so, you know, and then really, if, is it a time like particularly for this year, we're putting a lot of look into us as a brand, you know, we want to start marketing our company, we market, uh, and promote other brands. So how can we market and promote soda pop, um, to, you know, continue to do even more work than we love doing. Uh, so I also think at the end of the year, it's really good to take a look at like, okay, where over the last year, maybe where are some of those little moments or nuggets or things that you needed to kind of incorporate from a brand standpoint to hopefully kind of market yourself more, bring yourself. So even if that's, for example, in 2019, I'm going to attend one networking, uh, you know, event a month in order to meet and, get, you know, shake as many sure. hands, hopefully get out a couple cards to just put myself out there more. I think that that's kind of just any level of business. That's something that you, we all can do. Right. Um, go back then, really quickly to the metrics one. Cause I think that's yeah. again, one that translates all sorts of, um, industries. Um, 
so you're all sitting around, you're having a team meeting, you're all in the, in the space armed with the information, um, about your particular client and what they went through in the past year and how you can better report out the successes and the opportunities still available, um, to, to, to do good work. Right. So do you take in a lot of sort of inventory from your employees about what their experience was with the client and how you guys can better create sort of a, an at a glance metrics of where you were successful for them. And again, where there's opportunity still. So I guess the bigger question is, do you invite that sort of information from your team to inform exactly what you're going to change for the coming year? Oh, yes. Yes. I, I would be nowhere without my team because, you know, the team's in the trenches day to day and they guide me essentially without their input. You know, my suggestions would fall flat because they're the ones that are doing it day in and day out. Right. And then where I step in or from whatever owner standpoint, you know, or operator of a business then it's our jobs to see if there's anything missing. You know, are you bringing the human element of that? Or are we asking the tough questions? So, you know, sometimes it's challenging to ask, ask the tough questions. And, you know, even now I'm playing around with, um, because each of our clients, although we have, like I had mentioned in the first, uh, first time we met, you know, I, I, we try to customize our work. And, and I think that that's what's kept us in business and successful. It's kind of our secret sauce. And even that goes with how we share information with clients. But one of the things we've been talking about is just asking the client directly, what are the things that you matter to you? Because we could also carve off some time on our end if we can simplify the communication or what we're reporting to just dial it down to what really matters to them. Because they'll, you know, instead of thinking, because a lot of times you get into kind of like that, that circle of, well, the more that's on the paper, then the more we're doing. But if you're doing work really, really well, even if it's just two or three things, but those really move the needle for your client, that the results are stronger than a hundred things that maybe just you're putting on paper to look like you're you know, you've been busy. Sure. Uh, and so because we kind of run a small business, we have to continue to show and deliver. Um, so I, I'm never really worried about proving to the clients that we're working hard because, you know, we're motivated to work hard to, you know, keep the lights on. So those are little things I think it's helpful to like, what do we really need? Because I think right now you get really bogged down with over information, you know, we're constantly on our phones, we have content overload. Uh, so, you know, a client that's really busy if getting hundreds of emails a day, let's make the emails that come from soda pop, like really matter and stand out and be clean and clear and concise with the information that they need to report to their bosses. So I think what I'm part of what I'm taking away from this is as people look to wind up the year that is passing, and they're closing up kind of everything that they've done and trying to, in a nutshell, say, here's the things we want to celebrate and here's the things that we want to, uh, here's, you know, here are the opportunities, the things we want to grow on that as an entrepreneur, really understanding if you have a team, if you have people that consult with you in any capacity, you know, even interns, I think to, to the extent that they're involved in the work, I think what you're saying, it's really important to get the input because they're, they're the front line. 
and understanding how you can incorporate some of those changes. I think often we are in our own heads and we forget that we have a team of people that can help inform how we do a better job at what we do. And then number two, something that you said is just ask the client. And I think often we're scared to ask the client, hey, what are we doing right and what are we doing wrong? And by the way, if you are a consumer-based business, that's ask your client is your consumer. So hey, did you like this shoe? What can we do better? What colors do you want to see for next season? There's all sorts of ways that you can do that in a way that doesn't diminish who you are as the expert or as the, the brand authority, but you can invite them to engage and they'll, they'll tell you what they want. Um, but that means we need to be fearless in going out and asking for that information and understand that, you know, it's not our ego that we're trying to stroke here. It's, it's building no. a better business. And so I appreciate it. I think they'll appreciate that yeah. too. Absolutely. You know, like, as an example that, that might be helpful, like recently I reached out to a client that we've worked with for a really long time. And as we are evolving our work with them, I sent a simple question and I said, you know, what are the one to two things that you would change about the work soda pop produces? And what are the one, the two things that you would never want to see change? Uh, with the kind of oh, work that we great do. way to ask that. Yeah. The confidence you had touched on, you know, yeah, they're a longstanding client, but it came from, I actually really want to know because I definitely know there are things that we can come up and show stronger. We can show up stronger at, I know that in my gut, but I have those answers, but I thought, well, why don't I ask them? Because it ultimately like the, the, they're, they, they continue to hire us. There has to be a reason. And I know that there's, I'm ready to evolve work with that. You know? Sure. So it, it was, don't be afraid to ask those questions because it's, it's, uh, especially, you know, I will say, you know, if you're new, if the relationship is new, you know, wait a second, you know what I mean? That might come off like a little too intense, but yeah. if you have a longstanding relationship or you've been working with somebody or for somebody for a really long time, don't be afraid to ask those questions uh, because it's, it, it will help both of you. Hopefully in the end, if, if, um, you know, if, if you ask those questions and you get honest answers, <laughs> uh, that's kind of the goal. Uh, hopefully it will really evolve your work um, and, and they'll be happier. I think it evidences strength too and um, yeah. a, a, a security in, in what you're offering and in your business. So um, I, I love it. I think it's a great tip for people to take away. Now, many of us make personal resolutions at the beginning of the year. Do you make any business resolutions or are really, are those just goals and, and they're being masked as something different? <laughs> yeah, probably more goals uh, than resolutions. Uh, but this is a really unique time, I think, for our company. So I, I am thinking more of those resolutions or what are those things? I, I like to frame it as wouldn't it be cool if? So um, we do a lot of, we kind of float that around a lot. And I want to do even more of that going into 2019 and push ourselves to do even bigger work uh, than we're doing now. So uh, I, I think we kind of frame it in the the goals for the year, kind of what do we want to see uh, happen in 2019? You know, what are the, and another thing too, it's always good to look at like, what did you say you were going to do the previous yes. year? And what have you still not done? And either say, okay, do we need to hustle some more? Like, do we got to get our act together? Or do we just remove that from the list? It's not going to happen. Because that's okay too. I think it's just like, I don't know, like the weight of something being on your to-do list that you're never going to do just like makes, I, I hate that feeling. So it's just, I think it's also a good time to be honest. Like, okay, no, we're not going to open an office in New York, you know, for example. Like yeah. you keep saying, and it's not going to happen. Let's take it off the list. 
that's fine. Like it, it's, it, let's just keep doing what we're doing here. You know, that, that might be an example of something that, you know, in our industry, but I think it's just good for, for all business owners, uh, whether it's your solo entrepreneur or you have a small team, big team, just to really kind of look at those things that you, you think you'll actually do. And I like the way you're framing it because it seems to warrant more innovative thinking than it does just like quarterly financial goals. Like if you say goals, I think we go, your mind goes in one direction versus saying, wouldn't it be cool if, and we can, we can think bigger um, and we can think about, gosh, how do, there's a surprise element to it. Like, boy, our clients would so appreciate if we did this. So it kind of, it puts us in a different mindset. There's kind of goals and planning that feels. Yeah. Another way that we've kind of been chatting about it here is uh, how do we show up in a more professional way? What does that look like? So, you know, is there anywhere from designing, you know, our presentations in a different way is, you know, things we talked about earlier, kind of communicating results in a more clearly defined manner, investing in resources or tools that will save us time. So we have more time to do, you know, the fun work, whatever that may be, um, uh, that I think those are always good questions to ask at the end of the year or the beginning of a new year um, as well. And then, so those are maybe the big picture items. What about going into the calendar and literally just planning quarter by quarter, month by month, client by client, um, some more specific goals and getting kind of some strategy in place or action items in place to, to see those realized? Do you spend any time doing that at the beginning of the year or at the end of the year in anticipation oh, yeah. of the year to come? I mean, you do. So give us some examples. So, well, for on the client side, you know, all clients, they actually start thinking, a lot of clients start thinking about uh, the year ahead, even in the summer. So we've been planning for a while for certain clients, uh, really thinking about, you know, whether they're launching new products or going to new markets. So that that planning has been in motion for a while. But for each client, you know, you, you take a look back at, um, okay, what worked and what didn't. Mm-hmm where is there room for growth? So what are some of those things I was saying earlier, even for your individual business, things that maybe we said we were going to do that we didn't, let's let's add them to the list or really kind of take an audit of what are maybe the tools and resources that we need? Like, why didn't that happen? You know, what were we missing in our efforts? So we tend to do that for all clients. Um, and usually because in our world, you know, if, you, if you're just talking about traditional pitching, uh, you know, in January, like we're already pitching for the for January. You know, we've already done that. So you kind of have to get ahead of it if you do, if they're launching a product um, in the summer, really we're starting those conversations early in the year. Maybe we go to New York to meet with some editors or, you know, just connect with our contact database or, you know, friends of that client to say, hey, we wanted to give you a peek into what said client is doing for the year. Uh, what are you going to be working on? So all those conversations really happen, usually for us at the beginning of the year, because December is tricky in the media world. I mean, a lot of people, they've worked really, really hard. They're taking time with their families. They're taking a pause for a minute. Um, so yeah, we're doing that. And then individually here for your company as a small business owner, I think that it's really helpful. It's hard to do. I, w- I do want to say that, especially if you're in the service industry, which we are as a PR firm, you know, you really do put other people's needs, your clients before your own, you know, but 
um, you know, I'm a new mom. And, and so I, someone had told me that if you, if the child is sick, uh, heal the mother. Mm. And so it's the same thing. Like if the client is sick, heal the business owner, heal, heal the PR firm. So I think that one of the things I want to do a better job, and I really encourage all, all the people listening that put a bunch of people before themselves, like, what are the things that you need to make yourself stronger, your organization, Mm. uh, your brand, take time for that. And I'm even giving myself that, that advice because it's, I usually think of myself last and, sure. and I, I, what's really cool when we talked about is my team pushes me to think about us as well, you know, and what are the things that we can be doing as a, as a PR shop and as a business to evolve what we're doing that ultimately is going to benefit the people who hire us to do work. So I, I think I those are good that. things to think about this time of year. Yeah. I love that. And I, and I love, I love that quote. That's great. I can't, I'd never heard of that as a mom. Um, I'm going to incorporate it tomorrow. (laughs) Um, So I wanted to, it's so hard to have you, this PR expert here in studio with us and not, I I know we're talking about end of the year and beginning of the year, sort of um, ways of organizing our thoughts and celebrating what we, you know, what we accomplished. But I, I, I have to take advantage of having you here to ask for those who are, and this is a two part question. So the first part is for those who are really kind of bootstrapping their PR effort and it's all, it's a, it's a real DIY, you know, uh, in-house, um, effort. What are the things that we can do to plan out the year ahead, knowing that we're not going to go out and hire a firm what are some of the things that you say, hey, for 2019, put this on your monthly or quarterly to do? So let's do it by quarter, maybe four ideas, whether it's influencers, you know, reaching out to influencers or trying to get published in a blog or a, a print magazine or whatever. Love to hear your thoughts. So if you were launching uh, a product and or you're getting your business off the ground, your passion project, um, and the first thing is don't underestimate the people you already know. Mm. So make a list of um, everyone you know, because you never know who they may know, and reach out to them, personalize it, and say, you know, this is my passion project. This is what I've been. You know how you haven't seen me at the last like 10 dinner parties? This is why. <laughs> like, yeah. This is what I've been doing. And th- this is my dream. And I want to share it with you and let me know, you know, at the very least, follow me on Instagram. And if you may know somebody that might be interested in helping me get this off the ground, investing, they may know somebody, I'm all ears. So I think that's the first, like anybody can do that, right? Um, as long as you have a computer and email and fingers, you can do that. <laughs> even because you, know, you don't even have to have a huge network. It can be 10 people. You just never know who. who and they I will know. tell you yeah. that I have, I have received those emails and timing is everything. Like I've received emails when we would have been bogged down and somebody sent me an email like, hey, are you looking for any contract help? And I'm like, absolutely. And, and I knew that they were great. Can you start tomorrow? You know, timing is everything. So don't be afraid to send the email. And then, you know, work on your, you know, social media is an owned platform. So if you don't already have a, you're not showing up on, on Instagram, which I think is is a, a really good place to start for a brand, then definitely be on Instagram. Whether you have 300 people, 3,000 or 30,000, those are people who are agreeing to follow what you're doing and liking what you're doing. 
um, and interact with them and um, start interacting. If there's some influencers that you think might be a really, really good fit for what you do, offer to send them some product and say, hey, no strings attached, but if you like it, um, if you could share it or share it on your stories, um, I would be indebted. Uh, you know, I really love what you do and thank you in advance. So I think that it's just a, it's reaching out and being open and honest and don't be salesy. Don't send can. Kind of what I was talking in the first episode, like to be personal uh, in, in your outreach, because I, I do believe that that will increase your chances. Um, and then just start networking, going to conferences, uh, dinners, um, you know, anywhere you think there might be like-minded um, people. I mean, I think that what's really cool now is there's just um, on all sides, male, female, there are just so many people who are getting together and banding together to help each other. And so find your tribe. You know, I like to say like, find your tribe and love them really, really hard. Uh, so <laughs> that's kind of that work you need to do, but no, it's work. Not everyone in business has a PR budget, but you know, we're putting in 20, 30, 40, 50, sometimes 400 hours, depending on the client a month or plus <laughs> in order to tell their story. So no, it's a full-time job to tell yours. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I and love, I, I love that you incorporated the kind of f finding your tribe and, and, and networking, which I know is, can be a, a dirty word for some people, but yeah. uh, it, it's part of the PR effort just to tell people that you exist and yeah. you as the, the brand owner and the face of the brand you know, it, it, it's required for you to get out there and, and tell people that you're there. We can't hide behind a computer all the time, even though we feel so efficient, like we're getting so much done. Yeah. It's time sometimes to, there are times to, to kind of close up it, the, the technology and go out and meet people and connect with people and tell people what you're doing and listen to what other people are doing. You know, and I will say this, I'm a horrible networker. So just for anybody listening who that did sound like, like their least favorite thing to do ever. So I agree networking, like even, I don't, if I use that term, like that even kind of grosses <laughs> me out sometimes, but I will say in, I can be a really good connector. So I have learned over the years that I'm small talk is just not my thing, yeah. but wherever I'm in a group, I usually can identify that one person to connect with. And so whenever you're in a group with any, you know, whether it's 10 people or a hundred, just try to find one, maybe two people that seem like-minded and strike up a conversation. I've done that at a handful of different events where I was nervous walking and even like doing what I'm doing and I'm a PR professional and I own a business and I, you know, I'm in front of people a lot. Almost every time I walk into one of those events, I kind of want to turn around and walk the other way. But I have found that I'll walk in and usually like the most interesting person is also like a little introverted, like I can get. <laughs> and so I end up talking to that person and I, I don't want to name names, but I've actually met some really influential people by just saying hi sure. to them. And maybe they were a little bit in the corner and I kind of gravitated being in the corner too. So you just never know when you say hello, who you may meet That's right. Um, and know that you have value too. Uh, and, uh, you know, they're, they're going to want to know you too, because you're doing really cool things. I couldn't agree more. And I'm going to plug something that we do locally in Los Angeles. We do something the second Monday of every month, uh, in downtown, uh, LA in the arts district called mentor Mondays. And it was initially a place where 
a friend of mine who owns a coffee shop and myself were like, gosh, wouldn't it be fun if we gathered women once a month for free? No, there's no, we're not upselling anything. Um, for me, I would often find myself in any given week getting phone calls like, hey, can we meet for coffee? Can I pick your brain? Maybe they were thinking about hiring me as a consultant or they were um, interested in uh, a connection that I may have um, with someone else. And they wanted wanted to ask me about that. And I thought, gosh, if I could just gather all these people, because I'm well caffeinated, I don't need to have any more coffee. I was running out of time during my week. I thought if I could just gather these people in one space, they could pick my brain and the brain of a bunch of other cool women there. And we've been doing it for two years now. And I think if we were to look back, we would be more than surprised at the number of collaborations that have come from that. And it's just women having coffee for an hour and a half. They're all yeah. entrepreneurs. They're all talking about, we sort of have a prompt each time, you know, where it could be, Hey, what do you need? Um, what do you have going on? Um, how can I support you? Uh, and there's kind of this little exercise that helps us to get talking and break through all that awkwardness. And as a result, people have been able to literally change uh, the trajectory of their business because of who they know. And so it's Mentor Monday and so many other opportunities like that. So I've seen in action in my own life and in the lives of so many entrepreneurial women, what those sorts of personal relationships can do for, for businesses. So I'm, I, amen. I hear what you're saying and I 100% in support of and behind it. I think it, it can make all the difference in your business it, to get out there. Right. And yeah. and it doesn't like, I always say, this is, this is like cheesy alert, but I always say like, <laughs> what if Kelly Clarkson didn't go to the American Idol audition? Yeah. Because I don't know if I'm just, I'm dating myself a little bit, but Nobody knew what that was back in the day. It wasn't sure. what it is now. Justin Guarini would be the yes, American right? Idol. I mean, okay, but, I'm dating myself you know, too. So. Here in LA, getting yeah. a lot of doors slammed in her face. She she wasn't looking like like the typical pop star, right? Sure. And she went there and is game changing talent sure. and took the risk. But I always think, what if she just decided, no, I'm not going to go. I've already had a bunch of doors slammed in my face. So I, like, I, I, I use that example a lot because she, in a weird way, she inspires me because I think that, you know, those, you just never know where you're going to go. And you never know that small mixer event might end up being, you know, the networking event everybody is like waiting in line to get into. And, yeah. and so don't judge a book by its cover, just go uh, and trust your gut. And, and I think half the battle is, you know, getting in your car and driving there, you know, calling an Uber and, and going. <laughs> yes, especially here in LA. So uh, that is for sure half the battle. So I, I have to just, as we're winding this up, ask you for one bit of wisdom that you would like to leave our entrepreneurial listeners with. Like what is one thing that you just want to encourage them with? Say, you know, go at your own pace and listen to your gut. Mm. And don't try to go at someone else's pace, whether that's somebody that is, you know, a potential competitor or, you know, what your parents think you should do, your spouse, your partner, your best friend, trust your gut and go at your own pace because, you know, this is the long game and yes. you don't have to, you know, you don't have to win your first time out. Just keep going, keep plugging away and know what's right for you because growth might be scaling might be right for you or staying small might be right for you. You know, you just, 
you know the answers and you got to where you're at today being you and because of your talent, your drive and the guts that it takes to kind of go out and do something really great. So trust yourself. Um, I, I think that that's what we all have. And a lot of us get in our own ways by forgetting to do that. Yeah. Thank you for giving us permission to go our own pace. I think that's really important. And that trust your gut piece is I think when we probably hear um, almost in every podcast, it's so important for an entrepreneur. So thanks for that, Diane. Now we're not letting you off the hook. Um, we've got our, uh, our quick six, which I'm just going to ask you six quick questions to help our audience get to know you even more. So Tell us, do you prefer a nine to five or a flex schedule? Uh, flex schedule. <laughs> also a, a popular answer among entrepreneurs. Um, do you like to vacation in the mountains or on the beach? Uh, mountains. Okay. And working from home or an office? I like working in the office. I get, I actually get a lot done um, in the office, but uh, we do have flex time. We all work from home on Fridays, but like today's, a, I'm in the office today. It's a Friday. Um, yeah office. Um, I'm the same working from the office. I get way more done. There's no like looming laundry in the next room. Um, hardest question we have Thai or Mexican food, Mexican. Oh my gosh. Not, it didn't even hesitate. Does it have to be hot or just any Mexican? It has to be hot. Yes. Okay. Um, see, I like oh, you. Mexican. I like you. Wait, let's talk about this. What, yeah. Mexican. What other, what, why bother otherwise? What right. No. Yes. Hot Mexican food. <laughs> I love it. Um, and then do you like working alone or with a team? I have a sense of what your answer is given what you've shared about your team. Yeah. With a team. Yeah. They're my heart, my team. That's awesome. That's awesome. So this podcast is called Liberty Sessions. Our brand is Liberty. Our URL is libertyforher.com. Our editorial journal is Liberty. We are all about this concept of being liberated. What does that mean for you to be liberated, Diane? This is such a great question. And I would have answered this different ways at different times in my life, Mm -hmm. but where I'm sitting today um, as a mom to an amazing son and having the good fortune of being able to do the work that I do. I think it, the foundation of all of that is love. So to be liberated is to love and allow yourself to be loved. That's what is liberating to me. Hmm. What a great answer. Can I dig just a little bit deeper? What would the answer have been before having your son? That's going to make me cry because it's, it's God is that a game changer? Like it would have looking at him and having him look at me and being his mother has opened my eyes up to so much. And it has, it's not about me anymore. And a baby, all they want is love. They're all love. There's a big, you know, 18 pounds of love. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, I, before I wouldn't have had, I would have gotten in my own head and I wouldn't have had the freedom and the confidence to know what I deserve. It, it just would have been different. I think I didn't, he has given me so much. So, um, loving him is now my purpose. And so it kind of just defines everything that I do. And it's just made me, uh, a better human, a better boss, and a better wife, and 
you know, I'm hoping, uh, I, I, you know, hope, I hope I'm a really good mom. <laughs> I'm sure you are given that answer. And I love that your definition of being liberated is hinged on other, whether that other is a child or a partner or, um, a team. I love that. That's what that means to you. So thank you for that. Thank you so much for that, actually. And Diana, it has been a pleasure chatting with you. Thanks for making time for us. And I know our listeners are going to get so much out of this session. So Liberty listeners, thank you guys. Um, We love you and we're liberated by you. Thank you for tuning in and we will see you guys. We will, you will hear us. I don't know ever how to answer that. Anyway, see you next week. (laughs) Bye. Liberty Sessions is broadcast on all platforms, Apple Podcast, SoundCloud, Google Play, and Stitcher. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe, rate, and review Liberty Sessions on Apple Podcast. It helps us to know if these episodes are inspiring and equipping you to launch and grow your own ventures. You can also find us every day on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Liberty For Her. And please leave a comment using the hashtag Liberty Sessions. We want to hear your thoughts, suggestions, and brilliant ideas. Liberty Sessions is produced by Netta Jones and Elizabeth Windham and music by Jordan Flower. 